Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour. Today we have an exciting interview with an upcoming actress and dancer by the name of Adele Pomerinke. Thank you so much for coming onto our show. Thank you for having me so much on your show. <laughs> well, I... I'm always excited to talk to somebody that is in an industry that uh, creates stories and and creates something that kind of helps distract us from the the world burning around us <laughs> is what it feels like. Mm -hmm. uh, so what really intrigued me uh, about uh, looking into your history was that you have a very strong upbringing in in a lot of different things. Um, so, so you are a dancer first and foremost, is that accurate? Yes. Yes. At three years old. At three years old. How do you get, uh, now a lot of people remember their, their parents going in it's like, we're going to get you involved with projects. It, was it something like that and it just kind of evolved into a love or is it you, you will learn this and this is part of, uh, you know, our family history sort of a thing. Um, I think more part of the family history sort of thing, um, it was my grandmother. She was a dancer in New York um, back in like the 50s. And she did all the musicals, you know, and like Annie Get Your Gun and all those big name ones. And um, so when I was born, like none of my, my aunts and my father, my aunt and uncles, my father, they weren't, they did some dance, but didn't click with them. And then she tried to kind of put it on me and I ended up just really liking it. So it was probably... 99% her. The, so you actually had uh, you had that kind of connection. I know I was actually raised by my grandmother, and she had a, a giant influence on me having that that level of um, that level of experience. I bet was a, a real boon. Was there ever an instance where, since she was kind of involved with it, if you were learning something, that there would be kind of that back and forth between her and whoever it was that was uh, doing the production that you were in? It's like, no, you need to run it this way. <laughs> um, I think it was kind of like her involvement was, because I came from a really small town, so anytime I did a performance or anything, it was... Um, she wasn't with the she wasn't with the dance moms, you know the dance mom environment. Mm -hmm. She was never really um, with them and a part of that. She would come in in her elegant, you know, coats and her dancey looking, you know, street clothes and drop me off or whatever. And <laughs> yep, and it was just kind of like an unwritten thing that that's well, that's Verlene's granddaughter that's dancing just like she did, and so. Yeah, that that's uh, got to have a, a certain amount of um, a certain amount of just kind of um, I'm trying to look for the right word, just a bolster. It's 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 kind of uh, a lot of people when they get into something, they, they're they're on it on their own. And yeah. um, you have that kind of a resource that that kind of uh, a support. There's the word I was looking for support. Uh, right, there we go. Coming from the person with a degree in English, uh, I know the words. Uh, we have so many words in there, you know. <laughs> so, what was it? What was it that really kind of bit you in dancing? Was there a kind of a moment where you were taking these classes, you were doing these performances, and then it just kind of hits you and go, "Oh, this is really something that I love. This is something that I want to take with me and to share with others." Um, yes, 
it was just a safe place for me. I was kind of an oddball in school, you know, like I was not the usual, was not the usual girly girl. I didn't really fit in much with the other dancers. I've never really have. Um, I love them dearly and appreciate them, but I've always been a, you know, it, it was someplace when I would dance, it was someplace that was safe for me. It was where I felt like I could be 100% myself and it didn't really matter what anybody else thought, which it shouldn't anyways, but yeah. Well, and that was instant. That's cool. Um, and ballet, specifically ballet, is pretty mm -hmm. intense. There's a lot of, um, obviously, like anything that you want to do well, there's going to be a lot of practice, but there's a certain level of discipline, at least in my mindset, that when I see ballet, that is a, a step above a lot of other styles of dance. Was there something that uh, in ballet that maybe other people don't know about that goes into making it work that's a little different than other types of dance? Yes, um, I think how much you cross train outside of it, how much I have to do um, certain exercises for injury prevention, because I mean, I don't know a, a ballet dancer past 21 that doesn't have something that they have to be careful of, like whether it be a sensitive ankle or hip or, and then um, just, just the amount of time that you have to put into it to just at least keep a, a level of, you know, professionalism and being good at it. And then if you want to improve something, then the extra work in just that one area. So it's a lot of other dances and types of dance. You do have to cross train, but it's more so practicing the dance itself. The dance form itself, ballet, is a lot of strengthening, 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 stretching, 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 <laughs> repeat. <laughs> That that makes sense. Uh, well, when you would cross train, what would you cross train with? Are we talking like samba, salsa, just anything that you can get your hands on? Um, no, cross training was more like elliptical and therabands to strengthen muscles. You mean actual yes. cross training? I'm I'm going in a completely yeah. different direction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. I have a roller that's for rolling out your muscles, and um, it. It's kind of my child. I take it everywhere with me if I fly anywhere. And it takes up like all the space in my little suitcase. But it just, I roll out all my muscles like every day. So there's always, there's always something, always something to do. Yeah, I would imagine so. It, do you have, uh, I, I know I'm kind of fixating on ballet, but I don't get a lot of chance to talk to people that were in ballet. Yeah, what, yeah, was there a specific, um, was there a specific performance that was your favorite uh uh, are, are you kind of the, the classical, it's got to be the nutcracker, or or was there something else that, that is, is kind of your favorite expression of that particular art form? Um, I love contemporary ballet. I like new works done, but on, on point. Um, so in the point shoes. Um, anything like that that really shows off a lot of endurance and like the muscles and the length. Um, classical ballet-wise, I'm just an old-school nerd for the Nutcracker. Like, I just love the Nutcracker. Done it basically every year of my life, except this year. Oh, it's weird. Facebook is reminding me today that this time <laughs> last year, I was performing on stage. And I was like, oh, hmm. So it's kind of, <laughs> you know, yeah. How has that affected you with, with everything that's going on? It's had a huge impact on, on the industry. 
how are you managing to cope with everything that's happening? Um, it's like a roller coaster. <laughs> it's like one minute I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a class inside online for the millionth time in these past eight months or so. I don't even know how long it's been. And then other days I'm just super heartbroken because I haven't been in a ballet studio. I think I went in a ballet studio inside once in June, the end of June. Uh, and that's so weird for me because I have lived in a ballet studio my entire life. And I feel super, super out of place now. I feel really weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine that being the case. But you had, you had training, you had training in a lot of stuff though, too. I saw, I saw that you had one of my favorite things, a, a circus training. You trained with silks? Yeah. I did. Okay. So I really, I went through a phase where I was like, Ballet hates me and I'll never make it because, you know, I was kind of the rocker hippie chick that, you know, anyways. And I was like, I'm going to run away and join the circus. <laughs> <laughs> so I moved to Seattle and I went to uh, circus school over there and learned uh, static trapeze and fabric. And my grandmother had done contortioning as part of when she was a little girl. So she she did some of that actually in some musicals. And um I think in Oklahoma, I think is that is a contortion scene that she did or something. Anyways, um, so I was like, I'm just gonna run away and join the circus. Well, they'll they'll appreciate me. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a lot of fun, but um, I missed ballet and dance pretty quickly after that. But I still love, and I you know it works your upper body a lot. And if you're gonna be a ballerina, you, you gotta kind of decide then at like 18 or so, 17, 18. Like, am I really going to keep going with this or not. So I went with ballet. That, uh, so, okay. So what, okay. This is the first thing that struck me. So I'm, I'm envisioning you in these, these massive productions, uh, these, yes. uh, large scale theaters and ballet. And then, then you're in sawdust and, uh, <laughs> in areas with what's the biggest part of culture shock maybe from going from ballet to training with the circus culture shock hmm. was there any um the formalities of ballet that are not there ballet is i i call it the military of art form <laughs> that that seems fair yes it's yep that's that's it yeah so it's kind of just you know you get to go from you know all the, all the rules in, in class or in rehearsal and the, um, you know, your, like I said, your formalities and being, you know, proper and wh whatever you'd want to call it. And then you go to training at a circus school and there's just people of all ages running around in bright colored leggings and yelling and laughing and just like, I was like, oh, okay, I guess. So bohemian. Yeah. I don't have to ask to go to the bathroom. I just go. <laughs> Uh, so is is that is that training there is that what uh sparked the fires of rebellion that led to your joining a uh a, a rock band <laughs> creating heavy the music fires, the fires of rebellion were born with me uh -huh. um <laughs> they were i was just always i was always getting in trouble like i think I had a one-on-one -one with my dad. I was like, Dad, you know what? I don't blame you for any discipline you put on me as a child. I was rough. I was hard. I was, yeah, <laughs> for no reason because they were great. My parents were wonderful people. I was just a 
I was just a butthead. (laughs) Well, isn't that all kids to a certain extent? Uh, We're all supposed to test those that come before so that they're ready to uh, kick us out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) So when the time comes, they're done for sure. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've always been kind of rebellious. Like I've always just wanted to do things a little, little different. Um, I have a tattoo. It's pretty big on my leg. So um, I remember one of the companies I was in, he was very concerned about me covering it up the right way. And it just, and I love that. I love that it bothered him. I don't know what's wrong with me, but <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. So when, when the, when the origin is how will all the people with the big monies react to ink art on somebody on stage that, that tickles me just yeah. a little bit, uh, <laughs> pushing yeah, people out of there. Hey, I mean, exactly. that's that's the whole thing. That's you're making art, and part of the art is part of you, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, all right. So, talking about the the music. Uh, so, this was in Tennessee that you joined uh, or created a a band. Was that is that right? I did. So I did some songwriting and tried to start uh, a heavy rock, almost metal borderline metal band. Um, and I sang in that. Now I had done choir my whole life. So like when my grandmother put me in dance, she put me in, you know, dancing and singing and musical theater training. Cause that's what she did. And I was interested in that. So I did all of that stuff. Um, very, very fortunate to get to have so much training as a kid, by the way. So when I got to Nashville, it's, I don't know what it is in the air in Nashville, but it's, you just suddenly are like, I'm going to get into music, even if that's not your plan. <laughs> so <laughs> I did. And I wrote a song and I sold it for $12. <laughs> so big and money. My, and I got a, yeah, right. And I got a plaque. This is what, this is what it means when you make it, by the way. And I got a plaque. <laughs> nice. And it says my name, kind of, it's spelled wrong, <laughs> very wrong, but I don't want to change it because I find it humorous and humble and real. And then um, I tried to start my own heavy, heavy bands and it just, it, I couldn't, couldn't get it to lift off. Just, it's so difficult to get a group of three or four people together to just commit to getting something like that, you know? Well, yeah, there, there's, there's yeah. a lot to that. You get, you got to have the, the yeah. time investment. You have to have the skill of everybody involved and then just a truckload of luck on top of it. <laughs> yeah, just a truckload. Absolutely. And I think I was just overexerting myself doing so much I was doing that and I was still dancing and I was acting and I just was and then I had a day job you know I think I just was doing too much too so probably wasn't able to give all the energy to it but the classic rock cover band was actually back home when I moved back home in between living in Seattle and um, coming to Nashville and that's when I just some friends you know let me come up on stage and sing backing vocals a few times at the bar when I was 20 and then they'd let me drink in the bar. <laughs> Always a plus, right? The bar's not there now anymore, so I'm not getting anybody in trouble. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's like, cool, I can come up and sing some music and get some shots. And then it just evolved from there, sang at some biker rallies and yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to ask, uh, if you're going to be in the, in, in the hard, um, uh, hard rock slash metal scene. Usually there's some sort of uh, influence, interest 
preceding this, who are the bands that, that kind of fired you up? That fired me up. All right. Um, well, I'm an old soul. So I like, I like my Van Halen. I like Pantera. Um, I really like, um, just kind of the older, heavier rock. And then the newer stuff, kind of more so like in this moment, you know, that's an amazing female fronted um, vocalist. She's, I just love her voice. Um, what else it was kind of, I'm trying to think of like kind of what the vibe was. Also, you know, it was kind of like that 90s, late 90s, early 2000s type rock, you know, that every, like corn. Right. Nice. Hot you know, tool, things like that was probably a heavy influence too. So I know I was Especially for the bass player and the, the drummer. <laughs> I, um, uh, I was lucky enough to see Evanescence perform, uh, live. Oh, cool. that, that was so talking about a heavy, heavy band with a female front that just kind of just destroyed the crowd. And, uh, yeah. we were all just stunned because it was before, uh, bring me back to life uh, was played every five minutes on every station. <laughs> so that she, still happens sometimes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so many, so many good bands uh, out there to just kind mm-hmm. of build a, a a certain a certain amount of inspiration. Um. Mm-hmm. So okay, so how do you transition from going dancing, and I've got some of this uh, this uh, training in the circus, and I know I can sing. Let's do acting. How does that happen? Right. So I guess, so somebody was casting dancers and performers for a pilot for a show that was going to tour and needed people that could do multiple types of live stage. So they needed people that could sing, could dance, maybe do acrobatics. And it was supposed to be kind of like one of those, you know, America's Got Talent, but not really a competition, more like a, like a musical, you know... You make up a musical kind of thing. I don't. I don't really remember a lot about it. Um, it was a while ago, so I, I got on to do the pilot, and I filmed for a few weeks with her. And then she liked me a lot, and then she wanted to mic me, and I was like, I don't know what that means, but I found out what that means. <laughs> and so I got mic'd up and started speaking some lines, and then she had another pilot she had written for a comedy show. So uh, I got mic'd up and started speaking lines for that kind of improving a character and um, kind of got a little bit of praise for that effort and ability that I didn't know I had. And I wasn't going to go back to Nashville ballet that fall. Instead I was going to go on tour with this, this thing that was supposed to happen, but last minute it fell through and I didn't have a contract for ballet company, which uh. is very crazy and weird and scary for a young ballet dancer. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll get an agent, see if I can see what happens there. And there, there you go. That's how that happened. So that's how all of that, all of those different art forms I did randomly came together to get me into acting. I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize about the industry and how it works, yeah. how many projects are, are put together and, and just don't quite get to where they're going, uh, whether it's through production or whether it's through finances falling through or just unfortunate circumstances for every one production that happens, there's a hundred 
that yeah. just don't make it. And that, uh, that can cause a certain amount of stress, I would expect. Yeah, it does. Um, I think, but I've learned to, ex- I've learned to just settle into it now. I've learned that, uh, actually I think I've had more projects fall through and not work out than projects that did. And that's just how it is. And you just, right. you just keep going, you know, you just the needle in the haystack kind of scenario, but you will find the needle. That's the good, the good part. You know, the haystack's not too big, hopefully. Um, but you just, yeah, you just keep going because failure you can't, it's not failure because it didn't happen. Right. It's just part of it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it. it's the ride that you decide to take. Yep. But one of the nice it's things, if you're in the industry long enough, at least from my perspective, I know this can't be everybody because I'm my own individual and weird in my own special snowflake uh, way. <laughs> but <laughs> one of my favorite things, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll go to a movie or to a television show because of the lead to a certain extent. But the thing that mm-hmm. I really enjoy is seeing the supporting cast that is maybe often only there for an episode or two, or they're in a lot of different shows and they keep popping up in different places. That's almost as much of a thrill in seeing something as anything else for me. So, right. Yeah. What you were in a couple of television shows too. You've had some, some, some roles in some television shows thus far since then, right? I thought I just saw. little background feature. My face just pops up. That's it. So that's the best. Um, yeah, yeah, because later on, you know, oh, yeah, there she was. There she was. Um, yeah, so it's so weird. It's like later on when you get the bigger roles, people will backtrail the little smaller things that you had done prior to. Like I've done a few music videos, and it's, you know, I'm sure later on that'll be interesting. Um, she all starts somewhere, extra work, of course. You know, that's where I started. I was like, let me go because this is the dancer in me we're drilled so hard and we start at the bottom. I was like, let me go to the bottom of the totem pole of this acting thing and see if I can handle that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let, let's get to present. Let's, let's ask about the current production that you're involved in. Um, Penitent Thief. Um, this is, this is a little different than what I've seen, uh, seen from your previous stuff. How did you get involved with this project? Um, there was just a, a breakdown of it online. So, you know, you submit yourself for the role and then I got the audition. I was actually in Knoxville. I was filming on a set for murder by numbers. It was one of those, um, which is, it's actually really good. It's a good, um, real life, like, you know, where they reenact the stories of people that have been murdered or killed or horrible, you know, like snapped or killer couples or something like that. Right. And, um, and I was actually there filming that just as, as a bank teller, you know, I said like three things and gave the bad guys some fake money. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and I got the audition. I had to do the audition in the hotel. Um, and then I just like quickly that next day, the director called me or wanted me to call and we talked and I was like, well, I'm in Nashville. And he's like, well, this is in LA. I was like, well, I can just be there. Don't worry about it. So <laughs> I luckily, you know, had some support with my friends and family. It's very important. And I just flew there. I was there for like three days and then I filmed it and then I came back and then I decided, well, if I'm flying to LA, I should probably move there. 
<laughs> at this point. That makes sense. Plus, it's it's L.A. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in L.A.? Well, not right now. <laughs> nothing to do. <laughs> There's nothing to do. Under, under normal <laughs> circumstances, I should Normal said. circumstances. The weather's great, yes, and I love the ocean. So, right. so yeah. was there anything about this production that felt different from the ones that you had? Uh, 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 a larger movie production compared to some of the other pieces? Was there something that kind of jumped out at you? Um, probably the, the community feeling of it. Um, I remember being on a film set and I won't say what it is, um, out of respect, but it, it was very stressful and there was a lot of negative and, you know, people and environments happening and it was just so grueling and tiring and it was, it was really hard to feel uplifted in that environment. Um, but then this set felt very warm. And I don't know if it's because it was actually warm or because <laughs> I was in LA, but, um, but it just, it was smaller. And I just felt like I could talk to anybody there and get along with everybody really well. And that's probably what stuck out the most, just a really good sense of community and family on that set, even though it was just a couple days. What was it like um, having scenes with some some of the more seasoned uh, actors involved like uh, Kevin Sorbo or James Russo. Did you get a chance to really interact with them and maybe, uh, maybe get uh, the benefit of their experience? Um, yeah, it was, it was good because it made me kind of, I was still pretty new to, you know, acting at the time. This was a, this was actually a couple years ago that we filmed this. So it's, We've been waiting a while for it to come out. And um, so at the time, I was still, you know, figuring out, well, how do, how do you, well, how to be an actor, really, let's be honest. So um, it just kind of made me step up my game, made me go, okay, let me, you know, let me take this moment to just sit back and watch and soak in and see and pay attention to the little details that they do. Maybe that's also a dancer thing, but to see, you know, to just kind of watch by example and try and better myself as an actor. And they're both really awesome too. Really, really cool people. I have yet to meet uh, Mr. Russo. I, I met uh, Kevin Sorbo in 2007. Uh, and he seemed very warm, very approachable at that point. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, I just, I have to... Well, maybe it's just the imagining, you know, all of the five-minute conversation that I had with him. It's like, you know, I bet he'd be a lot of fun to work with on a set. He seems like somebody that would be not only easy to get along with, but uh, somebody that would be um, supportive uh, to be able to, like you're talking about, raise your game a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's definitely all of those things. Yeah. Um, so did he ever accidentally break into being Hercules on accident? On just you're going through a scene and then all of a sudden he wants to <laughs> pick up a, a I, don't think I, I don't think i was in any scenes with i was only in the the two i don't think i was in or around any scenes where he probably did maybe his interaction with with james uh at one point might have been a little but i think it was supposed to be that way I yeah know. i don't know i think he just will always have a small 
slice of Hercules forever in his soul. <laughs> just, just a little bit. It's, it's hard to get away from something that, that people will identify you with for forever and ever. So yeah. were you familiar with the source material on this before you started the project? Yes, I was actually. Um, I thought it would be really interesting. I love, um, I just love historical times as well. Like, I just love that. Ancient Egypt is probably one of my favorite things. I would love to be in a film that has something to do with that at one point. Um, yeah, I get the villain a lot. So <laughs> that's basically all I get is the villain. And they always want me to smoke a cigarette. Oh, my gosh. So I guess I make it look good. I just not not good. Don't smoke everybody. <laughs> Children, don't. It's not cool. <laughs> hey, but being the villain is the best. Like 10 years. The villain gets all the juicy dialogue and all the really neat True. stuff. That is that is my favorite. It's fun. Um, so it's really fun. so yeah. okay. So with this source material, this is trying to take a slightly different tack on the pre-existing story. Instead of following some of what would be considered some of the marquee players, it's following some of the secondary people that were yes. around this happening. Um, does this? change the the theme uh, of the way that the um, movie comes out is what is the intended kind of um, kind of in, kind of impact that they're trying to have with this film do you think so I think a lot of like um, the Christian community or, or the religious community that follows um, the life of Jesus Christ talk uh, you know there's a lot of brightness there like he was so good his life he did this but they don't talk about why was he good it was because the world is so bad and the world is a dark place so this this is kind of like um the stories in the bible are dark they're yeah. like scary like if you look at they're scary you know but they're the way they're written and the way we're, we teach them since we're kids it's like oh, yay, you know, everything ended up okay and happy ever after. And that's fine. <laughs> but there's also, you know, to continue to grow in your understanding, you know, of what was really going on there historically, I think people need to realize these were different times in the world and they were very scary times. And it kind of, it's a darker, it's a darker take on those biblical stories, especially sure. this one specifically. Yeah, and how people just didn't, didn't have much of a choice but to do bad things just to survive sometimes for the sake of loving their their family or taking care of their, their family and their lives. Well, and that was one of the things that, that struck me as something that could be potentially interesting with this and that there's not actually a lot of um, historical... Um, I'm trying to think of the words. There's not a lot of well, source material. There's not a lot of uh, non... Um, theological based source material on like your character, for example. Um, and it's, she's mentioned a couple of times, but is only um, talked about more in other you know, like biblical texts. So how, how do you go about the process? I know, I know it's not something that necessarily the actor themselves would be part of, but how do you go about filling in those blanks? Do you think to make, the characters that are in this that don't have a lot of information necessarily feel real. To feel real. So I really studied different kind of text on Herodias, different, because, you know, the Bible is like 
you've got the NIV and then the King James and so many different translations. So I read a few different ones on her story and looked her up and what's said about her. And I think in one of the versions, it basically just says she's like the most evil, like in, in some type of translation from Greek. And um, so I, I kind of thought about Disney villains. <laughs> Are you going to say Cruella no. Deville? Is that is that the next thing that's going to come up? Is it Cruella? Because you, no. you got the cigarette and then you got no. the evil Disney villain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I couldn't help. I, know, I'm like, I couldn't I'm just help. One, one day away from that being my next character. Yeah. Um, so I kind of was thinking about you know Disney villains, and I was thinking about um, kind of how like they're they're just evil. They're just evil for the sake of being evil because most people have a motive as to why they're bad. You know, hurt people, hurt people, but there's not a lot of motive behind why she's the way she is. So you kind of have to create that backstory in your head. Like what's going on historically? Why would she be so vain and so, you know, just selfish and not think there's anything wrong with it. And, you know, it comes back down to kind of the classic money, greed and selfishness, you know, jealousy, and that's probably what fueled her the most. And then, you know, she was she was prideful because she was on top of the world and had so much control. And she knew that in a world where men had control and women were nothing. Yeah, uh, that 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 can be an interesting um, can be an interesting avenue to explore because of the the the, the inherent mm -hmm. uh, power structures being as uneven. Uh, as as they were, I mean, they may still not quite be to where they <laughs> are supposed to be at this point, but uh, particularly bad at that point. So, how do you, um, how do you kind of in the scenes that you're doing, how do you convey that evil um, to the camera? Is it is it kind of uh, are you approaching? Because this is why I was thinking. Are, You've got that dance training. Is it is it about body posture? Is it about uh, is it about absolutely? Uh, yeah. How how did you kind of convey that to the to the camera? Well, she's calm. She's not manic. She doesn't have to prove anything, you know. So it's she stands up tall. Like even you know, I mean, Kevin Sorbo is crazy tall, but I'm sure she sees herself as just as tall, if not taller, than him. Um, and just knowing, just basically very, very calm, very chest up, very proud, moving, slow movements to say that she's comfortable in her skin, even though her skin is basically scales. Nice. Stalking, stalking the mm -hmm. prey. Uh, <laughs> yes, very much so. Yes, exactly. Nice. Uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in how this uh, production. When is the when is Penitent being released? Do you know? December twenty second. Twenty second. It's right around the corner. Uh, right so, time for Christmas. Yeah, that that's there's nothing that says Christmas <laughs> like like the beheading <laughs> of somebody. Oh no, I really got nowhere I'm going with that. I just. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like a crucifixion. That's right. <laughs> uh, in some sense, yeah, kind of, yeah. Um, all right. You know, this year it fits the theme. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, let's let's go into something a little nice, uh, a little um, uh, not nicer, but uh, certainly less uh, death laden. Um, <laughs> all right, we, we have a couple of questions that we always ask everybody that's on the show, and everybody thinks that oh, it's going to be about pudding, and it's really not. Uh, but it is food related, so everybody loves pizza. Uh, are you a New York style pizza, a Chicago style pizza, or are you something else completely different? I'm probably something else completely different. I'm one of those thin crust Canadian bacon pineapple people. Oh, very nice. I like the pineapple on my pizza. And sometimes I get it, I buy a can of pineapple and put more pineapple on uh, it. I, I know that that can get people to look at you funny, but I like the pineapple on the pizza too. I just kind of don't mention it very often because I get things thrown at me whenever I suggest it. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So now you gotta stand proud with your pineapple pizza people. Right, right. I'll I'll put anything on a pizza. I, I used to I used to hate olives, and it wasn't until pizza that's like okay, olives are actually uh, pretty awesome. It's pretty good there. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's that's the easy one. That's that's easing into the question. How about something a little more geeky? Uh, so you've you've always been um, you've always been a little uh, against the grain with the other dancers. Were you against the grain enough to be interested in comic books at any point? Comic books. Um, I wasn't really big. Wait, hold on. Actually, I did get into when I was like a preteen. I was really into the Archie comics. Nice. Archie. Nice. And Snoopy. You know, I did grow up with all those. Um, I didn't read a lot of comics later on. I was an anime nerd for a while there, though. Well, I still am. I've been keeping up on Princess Yashahimi on Netflix. Or, nice. Wait, it's Hulu. I think it's well, if you're an anime, an anime person, you should you should see Genshiken. That's my favorite anime of all time. I don't know if you've is ever... Is it of all time? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you know how um, in, in network television days, Seinfeld was the show that everybody watched because it was a show about nothing. Well, Genshiken is to anime kind yeah. of what Seinfeld is to everything else. It's, uh, it's a show about an anime club. And it's it's completely just off the wall, weird and fun and just silly. So I, I I can't help it. If you've never seen that and you like anime, I think you get a kick out of it. Okay, okay, I'll have to check it out then. But yeah, I haven't heard of. It. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so with the um, industry being the way it is, with all of the comic books that ever existed being optioned into movies and television shows, <laughs> so we ask people. Okay. If you could be a character from any comic uh, portrayed in the small or the big screen, who would it be? Okay. Okay. There's there's a couple. Do you want two? Hey, as many as you want to give. Um, so I think I would make a good fury in the Wonder Woman universe. It's her estranged daughter from nice. an alternate universe. Nice. I think that would be really cool. Um, that's kind of like a secret role I'd like to do. And then um, Tank Girl. But I think I think that might already be about to happen. Tank Girl or Jack oh, Girl. Are they redoing it? Yeah. Oh, I, they might be. I feel like I saw something on IMDb about that might happen. Like mm. some 
but you never know. Things can sit there for 10 years and ne never move. So Right, right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. I was actually going, because we always kind of have somebody that we, well, okay, it's all me. And my, my co-host is less of a comic book person than I am. But who I think just from <laughs> what I can see and what's going on, I actually was going to say Tank Girl. That's kind of funny. That was going to be the exact one I was going to suggest fun. for you. <laughs> that is. A... I love that. It's so good. And that, the movie's good. They don't need to redo it. It's so good. It, it was really quirky. I love it. And uh, that yeah. actress was just fantastic. She's she is in one of my all time favorite movies, being a, a League of Their Own. She was she was great in that. Oh yeah. And uh, she's she's just yeah. got a lot of energy, and that's kind of it's kind of fun to see that in in actors and actresses. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So I think that there's only one question, uh, that I have that is remaining and, uh, that is relating still to kind of the, uh, the, the sci-fi and comic book, uh, realm of things. Um, are you Marvel, uh, DC or other as your favorite? Now I'm thinking other just from what you've mentioned already between Archie's and Tank Girls, not on the main roster of either of those companies if you had to choose a company what is your favorite publisher my favorite publisher hmm i usually when people ask me the marvel dc question i go straight to dc because i was grown up on the dc comics yeah that's why i was you know yeah, well, I grew up you... on those cartoons as well um i would like to say other but i don't i'm not versed enough in to know a okay. lot of the other ones i just know a couple but well, DC is yeah, a good, so it's got a big upside. Marvel, yeah, Marvel never really hit home for me. I didn't really know anything about Marvel. And that yeah, happens a lot. Not until the movies. Mm -hmm. That definitely happens a lot. And kind of, while Marvel's kind of got the dominance on, on the movies right now for a lot of people, exactly. DC has yeah. done just a much better job on the animated series. Uh, so. Yeah, that's true. And yeah. I love animation. Like, I really have a lot of respect for that. I love it. Yeah. Definitely very cool. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming to talk with us about essentially nothing for an hour because i <laughs> that's my favorite thing in the world to do. Talk a little bit about some, some fantastic uh, movies coming out and uh, a little bit about what makes you you and that, uh, that everybody can see how much, how much, how interesting it is to be part of your world. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks for having me. It was super fun. Yeah. I'm glad I could I'm glad I could have the chance to meet you. And until next time, folks, stay safe out there and keep on watching. Do not forget to check out Penitent Thief coming out on the twenty second of December. And uh, and let us know what you think in social media. You of course can get a hold of us at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter or at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. And you can get a hold of, or not a hold of, or at least uh, see uh, uh, Miss Amp here. That's that's the good nickname, right? Uh, what that's is? What everybody calls me. <laughs> what, what's your social media of preference? Um, I'm on Instagram a lot, so at Adele Marie Pomeranke. Oh, fantastic. A good way to keep uh, keep track of somebody that's definitely going to be involved some really cool stuff coming up. But until next time, folks, keep tuned in. 